and I walked in on them and she was sucking his dick. Oh. And I was kind of shocked by it because I was like, what the hell? So you were consenting to being raped by this guy that you met online? Pretty much. <laughs> okay. As I stood there, I was just like shaking because I was so nervous. Like, what the hell am I doing? How did I get to this point? You walk into the room. It's pitch black. You go to the end of the room. Then what happened? So I'm shaking. I'm standing there and I can feel his presence. And at one point, I just shoved it all in and kind of deep-throated her. And that was very, very intense. I was so wet. I think that it was like the wettest I've ever been in my life up until that point. So do you guys then get off on the jealousy part of it? Yeah, for sure. So let's get to it. The conversations you're about to hear are intended for mature audiences. If adult themes are offensive to you, you may want to use that safe word. So dirty talk, so yeah. sex talk. Yeah, it, it started off as dirty talk. I was actually like very excited to see my partner with somebody else. She looked at me and said, so you want to have sex with other people, that's what you're saying. <laughs> and you find it a turn on to hear about what he did. Yeah, and then it's like, I want to come home and get it the way she got it. Does he know you have a boyfriend? Well, yes. This is Consenting Adults with Lena Wynn. My guests today are Mr. and Mrs. Jones, and boy, do they got a thing going on. Listen to who these people are. She's 28. She's six feet tall, long legs, grew up in a sheltered environment, no sex until 21, and she's been making up for lost time. He is 38 years old. He's six foot four. Oh my God, when you guys walk into a room, everyone must like, <gasps> And he's originally from Germany. There's so much to talk about. Mrs. Jones, you only started having sex seven years ago? Oh, yeah. Yep. And then only started having really good sex about two years ago. <laughs> and then, Mr. Jones, I hear you guys in Germany are kind of kinky people. Is that true? I would argue that we are very rational, right? And then um, that can actually go both ways. Either we are yeah, very asexual or then to the point that we're very kinky. Mm -hmm. I would say we're not kinkier than um, others. Okay, well, I don't know. We'll <laughs> see. Uh, okay, how did you guys meet? We uh, met on a dating app. We just had an instant connection and it kind of just took off from there immediately. Okay, but this wasn't a lifestyle site, right? It was just a regular dating website? Correct. All right. Now, had either of you been in the lifestyle before meeting each other? I kind of did things that are lifestyle-ish without really knowing that uh, the lifestyle existed. Um, so I had a girlfriend um, that I did certain things with. Like what? Yeah, we had like um, our very first threesome. And that was something that another girlfriend of mine tried to induce me to. And I, I was at first shocked and we broke up over it. And then when I met uh, this new girlfriend of mine, uh, she was in LA back then, and a little older than uh, than I was. Given that she was a little older, I didn't take that relationship too serious. And I always wondered uh, how a threesome would go. And that was kind of my first experience um, into the lifestyle without knowing that it that existed. Right. So was it a threesome with your girlfriend and another woman or a man? Well, let, let me take a step back, right? So I had a girlfriend and she was pretty kinky. And then a friend of mine was in town. We all went out and never would have crossed my mind that uh, she would try to initiate a threesome but right before we went to bed, uh, she said, oh, she'll just uh, go say goodnight to my friend who was in the living room. 
And then after not coming back for like 10, 15 minutes or so, I went to check on them and I walked in on them and she was sucking his dick. Oh. And I was kind of shocked by it because I was like, what the hell? Right. Um, and I was, conf- <laughs> I was confused and I wasn't sure if I liked it or not. And eventually broke it up because uh, broke it up with her because I was moving away from Denver anyways. Right. But were you jealous? I was, I would say at first hurt. And I also felt like uh, humiliated. But later I realized that beyond being humiliated and uh, hurt, that it was turned on. Oh. You have like these multiple emotions and one of these emotions is being turned on, but you don't really uh, notice that or you can't immediately tell because you're so distracted by the, the hurt and the humiliation aspect uh, that it takes you a while to kind of uh, get to that. Okay, so uh, fast forward, you find another girlfriend, you start saying, hey, maybe a threesome is something you actually do want to try. Like I said, she was older. I was 28 and she was uh, 42 and she was highly sexual. Like the sex that we had was uh, off the chart. I want to I wanna maybe like do stuff with her, like either a threesome with another girl or like a threesome with another guy. And then one weekend, a friend of mine was uh, in town from, from France. And then uh, I lived in San Francisco at the time and my girlfriend lived in LA. Both of us kind of drove down to LA uh, that same day. And the moment we arrived, we uh, we didn't really talk much about it, but like we immediately got into it. I started like making out, and uh, I also started fucking my, my girlfriend in the bedroom. And then when he came out, he started fucking her. And that was like literally my first threesome. And what was your reaction? I loved it. I loved it because in that case, I at least had the excuse that I didn't care about my girlfriend. Right, like uh, there was like the the element of hurt and the element of humiliation didn't really exist, and it was like super hot. It was just sex. It was just sex. Yeah, and I really liked it because because it felt like I can dominate. Mm-hmm. Are you bisexual? I'm not. Okay, so you never have any interactions with other men. No, I don't. Okay, so Mrs. Jones, we know that you really didn't have much experience, right? Or did you? No, I didn't have much experience at all. I was in a relationship prior to meeting uh, Mr. Jones, and um, he was actually the first person that I had ever slept with. Oh. Yeah, and he uh, he and I dated for six years, um, and that was shortly before I met Mr. Jones. Um, I had very little experience. So then you guys meet each other uh, in what we would just call like a normal way on a regular dating website. At what point did this lifestyle stuff come up in your relationship? Again, it's like um, hard to define what's lifestyle and what's not lifestyle. But to your point, when we first met, it was literally about uh, traditional dating. Sex was not part of it. But we had such an immediate strong connection where like, we talked about so many different topics very openly and very honestly. And it quickly turned into um, discussing uh, like a rape scenario. Oh, I openly told her the things that I like. I like to dominate women. And then she likes to, to submit and we kind of quickly came up with this idea, wouldn't it be crazy if our very first interaction, very first encounter was not only sexual, but it was in fact a rape scenario because like how much more real can it feel than uh, to actually do that on, on, your, on the very first uh, encounter that you ever had? Wow. I was really surprised that I was turned on by this whole thing because I had had just regular sex up until that point. In fact, we, uh, my ex and I never even discussed what we liked or didn't like when it came to sex. We just kind of did it. Yeah, we just did it. And so when he brought up to me like a consensual non-consent type of scenario, 
I was like really surprised that I was really turned on by it and really into it. And so I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do it. Rape me? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so for anyone who missed it, we have to say it was consensual, non-consensual. So you were consenting to being raped by this guy that you met online. Pretty much. <laughs> okay. And it sounds a little bit, um, let's say, uh, like intense, but obviously this was the result of all these conversations that we had leading up to that, right? Like at first we talked about uh, random things like um, like non-sexual in nature, and that kind of led uh, to that scenario. Right. And, so it was and, really the result of a lot of sharing and conversation. Exactly. Okay. exactly. It wasn't that, that 10 minutes in, we, we talked about like a rape scenario. It was more <laughs> than, let's say... I think it was like probably like a week or so, like after like a week of talking and it was like in the middle of COVID, that's what we came up with. Right. And given that uh, we had that intense connection that was based on trust, honesty, transparency, we kind of, I would say both came up with that, uh, with that scenario. And then after that happened, right? No, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, okay. <laughs> no, you're fired. Okay. <laughs> Tell me what happened. What was the plan? Oh my God. Um, so the plan was we were going to meet in a hotel room and he was going to um, give me access to the hotel room without seeing him. He hid the hotel key somewhere in the parking lot of the hotel and he told me where it is. And so I found the hotel key and I went up to the hotel room and I uh, got changed into like a, a sexy outfit. And when I walked into the room, it was pitch black in there. And I had to just walk straight to the end of the room. And um, as I stood there, I was just like shaking because I was so nervous. Like, what the hell am I doing? How did I get to this point? <laughs> um, because up until that point, I was like really turned on by the idea. But when it was actually happening, I was turned on, but I was also terrified because I'm like, this guy, I've never even met him in person. Why the hell did I uh, commit to doing this? But it, it ended up being the most... No, 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 no! <laughs> Hold on. So, but part of that fear, right? Part of that fear like was the plan because... Yeah. I mean, if you're going to have a rape fantasy, you got to be a little scared, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. So tell me what happened. You walked into a dark room. Let me actually, actually add some details because I had, I wouldn't say a girlfriend, but I, uh, there was a girl that I saw on a irregular basis. And we had also like a very, very good dom-sub relationship, uh, but we don't didn't have a uh, emotional connection. It was just purely sexual, right? And I've learned a couple of things, right? For instance... We had sex, and then one time I just had the idea of using like a trash bag uh, to put it overhead. Oh, the the point of the trash bag was to humiliate her, like to to make her feel like as if I don't even see her face, and I just want to use her body. The point that I'm trying to make is that I had a little bit of experience, and I had a similar scenario with uh, with another girl, but the problem was that it never felt real, and the reason it never felt real is because she knew me. And because she knew me, there was a certain level of trust. And because of this level of trust, it never really felt like a real rape scenario. And the way to make it feel real is you can't like know the person. In our case, even though we had like this really strong connection, we never met in person. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, that could actually work. So the idea was, okay, the girl has to walk in the room, has to be pitch black, and she must think that hypothetically, even though I just talked to the guy and we talked about everything in detail, this could still derail. 
Like it could be that there's another guy in the room and, and, and that's actually what added to, to the, uh, to the nervousness. Mm -hmm. And the original plan was in fact for her to walk into the room without me being in the room. So when she walked in, I changed the script instead of actually being outside and eventually uh, joining her in the room, I actually stayed in the room and she could tell uh, she was super nervous and she almost kind of, I think, uh, bailed because she said, I'm not sure I can do that. And she, she stood about, I think for like, how long was it? Like 10, 20 seconds in, in front of that door before she actually uh, opened it and, and uh, walked in. Okay. You guys, are you ever going to get to the rape part? <laughs> that was actually intense because I had, like, she didn't know what I was going to do. We discussed limits beforehand. He, uh, and he said like, bondage, anal spanking, you know, like fake drowning, stuff like that. Um, and I just said yes to everything because I, I had, I was at a point where I had never tried anything sexually, um, no anal, nothing like that. So I was like, you know what? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. And I felt like I trusted him, even though we had never met in person. And I just wanted to try everything at least once. And if I didn't like it, I'll never do it again. Uh, so I said yes to everything. But in a nutshell, to like to actually- No, 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 uh, no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I want to hear from Mrs. You walk into the <laughs> room. Point. It's pitch black. You go to the end of the room. Then what happened? So I'm shaking. I'm standing there and I can feel his presence because he is extremely tall. And so I, I feel that he's come close to me. And then like that first touch, he like gently touched my shoulder. And I just like, I, I was shaking. I could feel myself really shaking. It was one of the most intense moments of my life because I didn't know what was going to happen. We discussed, you know, him slapping me in the face. So I was like, I have no idea if he's going to, you know, slap me right now. So, but he didn't, uh, thankfully. He just uh, touched my shoulder gently and started, um, I think, kissing me because he felt that I was really nervous. So he like started kissing my shoulder. And then once I calmed down a little bit and felt like slightly more safe, he started taking my clothes off. He put a blindfold over me and then uh, tied me up and then put me down on all fours. I didn't know that there was such thing as a paddle. <laughs> I thought he was going to spank me with his hands. Um, and then when he started spanking me, it was really intense. Um, after spanking me with a paddle, he, uh, I think he started fucking me from the back. And then I was so wet. I think that it was like the wettest I've ever been in my life up until that point. Because I think your body just has this natural response um, and so, yeah, I was, I was extremely wet and turned on at that point because it just, it was just like a cathartic experience. You know, I was so afraid yet turned on. Um, it was so many different emotions. We call it multidimensional emotions. Um, he then told me that he's going to have like some more guys come in and start fucking me. Oh, and I I'm freaking out at this point because I'm like, what guys and anything could happen. We've already discussed that, um, like everything is on the table pretty much. And I was like, okay, shit, I'm going to get fucked by all these guys. All right, let's do it. Thankfully he wasn't serious. Um, I think it was just <laughs> to freak me out. But then he said he's, um, he wants me to go into the bathroom and step into the bathtub. And I haven't even seen him yet. Like I've been blindfolded this whole time. 
I'm about to trust this guy to shove my head into a bathtub, um, potentially drowning me. Um, so I'm, I'm freaking out again. Um, we go into the bathtub and he like puts my face in the water, but I could tell he was like, not, uh, going all in because he like immediately took my head out. Um, he was obviously not wanting to even play really with drown you. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, the, the feelings were still there of, you know, it potentially happening. So wow. That, in a nutshell, that's, that's right. everything that happened. And then, and, and, then I, the li- and then the lights came on, you looked at each other and said, hi, nice to meet you. No, actually, that isn't what happened. It was a very interesting. So afterwards, he left oh. the room. He told me he was he, he told me he was going to leave and like for me to get dressed and that he was going to come back in. Um, so he left. Uh, then the then I turned the lights on myself and I got dressed. And as soon as he left the room, I like burst into tears and it wasn't like out of um like sadness it was just more of like you know it was a cathartic experience like i said just like all of these emotions uh came to a peak and i just burst into tears and i was like what just happened and then uh he came back in a few minutes later and he was dressed in like his regular clothes i had changed into my regular clothes and and it was so weird it felt like almost like did that really just happen and yeah, we introduced ourselves and it was almost like two different people. Of all the things that you just told me, the least surprising thing that you told me was that you burst into tears because like listening to you describe it and trying to imagine um, how it must have felt, like even before you told me, I was going to say, did you start crying? Because like that, <laughs> I, I felt like that would be the appropriate response. Um, wow. Okay. <laughs> Let's hear from Mr. So this was probably your most real rape fantasy acted out? Yeah, it's, it's the best scenario ever. Like, that's the most real encounter that I ever had. And sexually, that was the best encounter I personally ever had. Mm. Okay. Now, when she told me the story, did she leave anything out? Because, you know, sometimes... Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, okay. Yeah, let me add a couple... Yeah, let me add a couple details, right? So I brought a dildo. And oh. I basically forced um, a deep throat on her. And I knew that because I've done it before where basically the girl doesn't know what's going to happen. Because what I typically do is I, I kind of bring out the dildo and she kind of, uh, even though she's blindfolded, she figures out that, that it's a dildo. And every girl, including her, thinks that I'll just make her like um, suck on the dildo a little bit, right? Which she kind of did. And then we kind of uh, played with the dildo a little bit where uh, I went in and out a little bit with it. And at one point, I just shoved it all in and kind of deep-throated her. And that was very, very intense. And I kept it in for, let's say, 20 seconds. She couldn't move because she was all tied up. And uh, that was the second moment. And then the third moment is um, something she didn't know. Like, I didn't t- tell her that I, would, uh, that I would fake drown her, right? Because, like, the idea was to make her feel like, this guy's nuts. Like um, <laughs> he did everything he just said he would, and now he's gonna kill me or like drown me. And like he has some ulterior moments. And I think there's also some instincts that kick in when when you're underwater, where no matter what you're thinking rationally, like emotionally, you're freaking out. You panic. The problem was though was that I'm also freaked out by that, to be honest, <laughs> uh, because I don't want to drown anyone. And later we realized I think she's really comfortable in the water, so she <laughs> was not. Uh, she was. Like she, I was pretending like she to be tell. drowning. <laughs> exactly. She was pretending to be drowning. So, But the problem by now was that we're like, let's say 80%, 90% in. 
which means by now she kind of figured out that I'm not a murderer. Uh, because every, every, every time it was a little bit more intense, she could tell that I kind of took care of her. I would like um, uh, hug her or like give her little kisses and stuff like that. So by now it's obvious that it's not uh, going to end up in, in a murder. Uh, but still, like, uh, we ba- both played along. Something she mentioned also that I want to add is beforehand, I said that once it's over, I'm going to leave the room because I don't want to uh, give you the opportunity to uh, receive any attention or um, like for me to be nice to you. I'm going to leave. I want you to like, feel like shit. I want you to feel like taken advantage of. I want to literally want you to feel raped. And possibly um, the guy is going to disappear even though he didn't murder me. He's going to leave me and... Uh, this idea of us being together and having a romantic uh, relationship was always like was always like just a uh, a fake story to make her uh, do this. <laughs> we should also add that it went well, but there's always the possibility that you could have been a nut, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. You, you could have been a wacko, and trust me, there are plenty of them out there. So, okay, wow. Um, what's your favorite thing to do? I mean, what do you really like? I think it's the. I think we're always uh, more intrigued by the the mental aspect, right? Because like physically, there are only so many things you can do. I think based on the story that we just we just shared, one might think that we're like really into rust stuff from a physical standpoint. Um, but I think what they miss, or like what they would miss, is I think it's eighty percent mental. Like we're more stimulated by the the mental aspect. And I think that the one thing that we're most into is it doesn't really matter what we do. But it matters that we like the the illusion of be, of betrayal, and the reason why we like that is because we're not jealous, but we like the illusion of betrayal because what we've learned is that it triggers our basic instincts. And what I mean by that is we've learned that after having these uh, swaps, that we would typically have the most intense sex afterwards, and it's not even rationally like it's just like a bod like a body or emotional reaction. response, yeah. I want to feel desired. Like I want to feel like you want me and nobody else. And I know that when I like sleep with another guy and you get triggered and have those like, you know, primal instincts to reclaim me, it makes me feel desired and like, you know, that you want to consume me. And that's, that's what I get off on. So do you guys then get off on the jealousy part of it? Cause there is such a kink that like that drives you. For sure. Yeah. 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 So what all have you done, Mrs. Jones, since like before this, you pretty much just had vanilla sex. Yeah. Since meeting (laughs) Mr. Jones and getting into the lifestyle, what all have you done? Oh, man. I mean, everything from him fucking my best friend, which would have been unthinkable in a previous relationship, him fucking two of my closest friends to being in in a gangbang and recording it to um, getting fucked by multiple guys at a party. Um, you know, it just, I feel like I've done pretty much everything, everything at this point. <laughs> yeah. Anal. Yes. Yes. And I finally mastered that after a lot of time. Um, I think I finally figured that one out <laughs> and enjoy it. So at first you didn't enjoy it. At that first encounter, when he was uh, at the rape scenario, we planned. Well, hold on course. a second. Wait. <laughs> when so on your first date? That was the plan, <laughs> but like he put he put a butt plug um, in me, and I had never had anything in my ass before that point. It was so painful, and it was like the smallest butt plug you can imagine. 
<laughs> there's no way that that was going to happen. Um, we really thought that I wasn't the type of person that can like have anal mm. um, because my ass was too tight. Um, and then eventually uh, with a lot of practice and it's really just, it's a strategic thing. You basically have to relax push out. <laughs> yeah. And relax. Um, and not just relax. You have to like push out uh, when something is going inside and then like you kind of open your, the muscle. Mm. And that took so long to figure out because I had so many people tell me like, you just need to breathe, which did not fucking help me at all. <laughs> And so like, yeah, we finally figured it out. And Mr. Jones is not small. So it took a lot of, it took a lot of practice. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now you actually enjoy it. I do. Yeah. It's very enjoyable for me. Okay. Uh, DP, DVP? Yeah, we've, we've had a couple DPs. We haven't tried DVP yet though. That sounds really intense. And I guess that, that should probably be up on our list since it's one of the few things we haven't done. DPs are obviously hot. Like we all know it from porn and whatnot. And we've tried it several times, and it's really difficult. <laughs> so, uh, that's like logistically, that right? It is, yeah. Logistically, because, exactly, because it's like um, really tough. And, well, that and but, you guys uh, are like two tall drinks <laughs> of water. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> that you can find the sexy couple on Twitter. They're at Mr. Mrs. Jones FL. It's Cuck Week next week, and we've got something just for that, starting with a very revealing talk with a cuck who, outside of the bedroom, has a high-profile job. The, the meetings that I'm taking on, on a daily or weekly basis are, are legitimate with legislatures, governors, secretaries of state, attorneys general. So it's, it's a very high-powered job, and, and I think that you see a theme with people with those kinds of high-powered jobs where it's like, okay, I punched out. I don't want to be this anymore. (laughs) I'd like to let go just a little bit. That's next time on Consenting Adults.